0: Josh Cameron. Back again with a new episode of my new podcast. Sorry I missed you guys last week. I had to wait until this week's guest had officially announced their new album. The details of which we discussed in depth on the podcast, but those details weren't public at the time of recording and they weren't public at the beginning of last week. So I decided I'm just going to wait until it's officially announced and now it is. Uh, Today's guest is my pal Avery Springer. Avery plays in a band called Retirement Party based in Chicago, a very cool band. Happy I got to chat with Avery over the phone for a bit. She's one of the most hardworking people in the scene for as long as I've known her anyways. Um, She's been releasing albums with retirement party, which is a full band. It's just not it's not just her, but she does sing and write the songs and all that. Um she also has a project called Elton John Cena, uh, which is similar kind of music, but I think it's just more free form in its, you know, delivery and genre and sound and all that. Um uh, kinda uh you know, whatever she feels like doing. Um Whatever sounds she feels like pursuing with that, um and you know it's not easy maintaining two different projects at almost equal rate of production um and I really like the Ellen John Cena stuff too. We talked a bit about like the difference between the two projects, which was interesting to hear about, and um yeah, the new retirement party is just announced it's called Runaway Dog, and yes, I've listened to it in. Yes, it is good. Um, So check out the first single off that, which is also called Runaway Dog. Uh, It's streaming everywhere. I think they got a new music video uh, for it on YouTube. And as for me, well, I'm just at home still. Quarantine is getting to me a little bit, if I had to be honest with you. I think not going out regularly to socialize, like, messing with my self-esteem, um, I don't know, just not having that feedback of, like, seeing people's faces, (laughs) I guess, like, not actually talking to people, getting that, like, you know, like, oh, I'm connecting with somebody in real life and they don't think I'm a freak, you know, um, I post online a lot and I talk to my friends online a lot, but it just, it's not filling the void as much as you think it does during, under normal circumstances, you know, you're going out places and you're like, you kind of take it for granted. It's like, Oh, this is getting boring. You become jaded. And, uh, yeah, that stuff like plays a much bigger role than in my life than I, uh, had realized, um, I don't know, know, I'm hanging in there, I'm playing video games, well, I haven't been playing as many video games, to be honest, but um, I've been watching movies, uh, watching YouTube, Mm. is anybody on Letterboxd, the movie site where you kind of like, you document what movies you've been watching and review, it's like social media for movies, if anybody's on Letterboxd, I'll follow you back if you follow me. Uh, at blush Cameron is my name on there. Um, if you want to hear me go into detail about like what kind of media I've been consuming, um, I upload solo episodes of the show on patreon.com slash blush Cameron. If you pay, I think like, uh, $2, I think uh, you can, $2, you can hear the solo eps. I think, and if that's not it, I'm sorry, this is false advertising, (laughs) uh, um, yeah, two to five dollars, uh, right now I have zero patrons, so it feels a little bit like I'm talking into the void over there, I've only uploaded one episode, um, but I will upload another as soon as I get one more guy following me, one more, uh, patron, one more patron fella, um, yeah, I'd love to have some company over there. I've also been working on new music. These new songs are easily some of the best songs I've made, and I'm pretty excited about them. Um, I'm not sure how I describe the sound of them. It's similar to what I've always done, which is like some are very poppy and some are more rock oriented, but all of it is focused on hooks and melody and you know, pop songwriting. I mean, you heard a clip of the new one at the beginning of this episode. Um, that one was called No One Knows and it's on Bandcamp right now, uh, blushcameron.bandcamp.com and it'll be on streaming services by Friday of this week. Um, whatever date that is, the 24th. Uh, I think I'm going to go for an EP this time around. Um, probably try to release that no later than august but who knows we'll see it would be nice to find a label to give me some money or press some vinyl um who else should i get on the podcast if you have any feedback or anything or just want to keep up to date with new episodes come follow me on instagram and twitter at blush cameron um let's be online together during this bizarre um isolated time um yeah let's post let's make some posts all right that's about enough out of me here's the show
1: days i don't have a job right now so i'm like trying to focus on a lot, a lot of music stuff kind of just getting there's a lot of stuff there retirement parties currently getting together for like our record coming out this spring so it's just a lot of that stuff right now but it's a lot of fun i enjoy doing it you know
0: yeah uh how did you because uh, i know you were like doing like kind of weren't you doing um like an office type of job for a while
1: i've worked in offices for for a while No, I was like, I was an insurance agent for like a little over two years. Um, Um, That was definitely the longest office job I had, but I've like worked in other, other like part-time office gigs. Um, But yeah, since like, when did I quit that? I guess like summer, since summer, I haven't, I haven't been working in offices or I like picked up some gig work uh, around the holidays, Mm. um, seasonal stuff. And then just like tour and everything like, I'm kind of chilling for, I've got, I've got, you know, rent for another like two months. So I'm like, cool, cool. some <laughs> music for a little bit. And then you can find another job when yeah, you need it. Yeah, for sure. You know?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's tough too. I mean, you guys seem to tour a lot. I mean, whenever I hear about you guys, you're on tour and, uh, you know, how it is we, trying to keep a job.
1: A yeah. It's, it's definitely, that, that was kind of the big thing is it just, I just couldn't keep a job anymore. Um, that's why I had to quit like the insurance agency and it was just like, uh, yeah, just gone too much. And so now we're kind of in the mindset that's like, well, if none of us can hold jobs because we tour, like might as well just do that as much as we can. So it's like, yeah, we've got like plans where we're talking about, like, we're, we're just going to be out a lot more this year. And, sure. uh, you know, we, we're already planning stuff for like, next year and talking about when it comes to touring so it's just yeah it's a kind of the the job is the road now but I would rather have it be that than like having to balance um you know a a job that pays me well enough to live and and also that stuff it's like I can kind of pull from both which is yeah
0: totally how was that tour it was with Chris Farron
1: Chris Farron and Maxiel. It was so much fun. Honestly, like the easiest tour I've ever done. it's like, we just showed up. It was just a small little like group of people. There were only nine of us on like the tour. Um, but everyone is so nice and so talented. And it's just like all the shows ran so smoothly. All the fans were just, it was like, everyone was just so nice and like respectful and receptive to the music. It was just a lot of fun kind of all all around like good vibes.
0: Yeah, that sounds really sick. Uh then you guys were like what in LA for a few days like recording a video or something?
1: Yeah, we did in LA and then we we knew we were wanted to film a music video while we were out there. So uh we Yeah, we we found a someone a, a director to work with and we actually ended up going out like 2 hours outside of LA to like the Mojave Desert. Um And we we rented, like, an Airbnb and we filmed a a music video out there. Um, So that was fun. And then, yeah, just came back and hung out in L.A. for another couple days, which was a nice way to decompress after the tour and also, like, get some shit done. But also enjoy the nice weather of Southern California instead of, like, the freezing and gross Chicago winter.
0: Yeah, (laughs) totally. Yeah, I've actually never been to L.A., but I really want to go
1: the weather, it, it seems it's, it's, it's always nice. It's uh-huh. just always like 70 degrees and sunny. Um, but yeah, it was fun. Like I, I just anywhere that isn't like, I love to visit because the landscapes just fascinate me. I'm not used to any landscape whatsoever besides cornfields and shit yeah, like that. Sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I was born in California, but I only lived there until I was two and then I moved to the Midwest for most of my life until now. So I definitely relate. Um you from are you from Michigan?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. I grew up in uh in the Metro Detroit area, uh in like Royal Oak and Troy. Um so yeah, that's that's where I, I grew up and then once I graduated high school I moved to Chicago and also went to school here.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I was, for some reason, I didn't know that until um, Alex Stoitz mentioned it when I was talking to him. That you guys like went to um, like School of Rock together or something. Yeah, we
1: met each other, and I was like, I was probably like fifteen or something, and I met all the guys that are in Dogleg through through going to School of Rock. That's from funny. Out There, and then I ended up working. There and yeah.
0: Such a small world, mm-hmm. huh?
1: Yeah, it really is. It's it's cool. It's really cool to see them doing so well. Cause I'm like, yo, I remember when Alex, when I had to ask Alex to stop sending me demos for all the dog legs, uh-huh. like the earliest dog leg release, because he would change like one thing in the recording and then send it to me. And I'm like, dude, I, I don't know what you, like, it sounds great, but I I have no idea what you've done at, at this point.
0: That's so
1: sick. Um, funny. Yeah. I saw a lot of early developments of that and it was the same, like me showing early stuff to them, but yeah, they were some of my early music friends. So it's really cool to both be like, doing stuff now and they're so good. It's, it's, it's sick.
0: Yeah. I love it. I love seeing, uh, I mean, that's very cool that both of you guys, you know, met back then and are both doing well now. Um, I have a question though for, for like, um, a kind of specific question, which is, uh, do you remember the first time you became conscious of music being a thing? Like for me, it was, I, I was probably like three or four And I would listen to uh, Bad to the Bone on tape over and over again. And that's Mm -hmm. like when I realized like, oh, this is a song. And I like this song, you know.
1: I don't, you know, I really, I don't know. Music's always been a part of my life in a way that like my parents met uh, in like doing musical theater. Uh Um, We kind of grew up with that. Like I remember at a really young age, like in our living room, like we had this like, you know, a coffee table in the center. And my parents would put on like. This Broadway kids um, like CD, and we would just run around the table like me and my siblings like chasing each other and stuff. And that mm-hmm. was like some of the first music that I like learned and knew. Um, I think like when was like though the first I I do remember uh, I was probably around like four. Um, and I have two siblings that are really close in age to me. Okay. Uh, and my parents got a lap harp, and we were all sitting there and like, you know. We decided to write songs and um, my, yeah, like just a little tight, like, you know, and, and mine sucked. It was called I Like School
0: and <laughs> oh, it no. was just
1: like this thing. And, and my brother did one that my parents thought was actually kind of cool and like, but it was always like, oh, you know, that, that was the moment I'm like, you know, you can like make this shit. Like I just made a shitty little thing. I didn't think it was shitty at the time, but like, you know, that it was at that time that like I kind of, you know had a little bit more of a personal relationship with music, but that kind of wouldn't really like turn into anything until a little bit later into like my preteen years when I wanted to like start playing guitar. I was, I was just such a sports kid growing up that like I liked music and thought it was cool. But until I started like developing my own taste and falling in love with it in that way, outside of like parents influence, like I was like, that was, uh, when it really started to click for me.
0: That's interesting. Cause I, I, how, how, how much, how much of a sports kid were you? Like, were you, how old were you playing sports till?
1: Um, I, well, I remember my, my last year seriously playing sports was my freshman year of high school. At that point I was playing guitar. Uh Um, but I was like doing all throughout, like really, it was especially middle school and a little bit of elementary school. I was playing like travel softball, and also volleyball and basketball too. So it was kind of like the softball thing was year round and I was playing like varsity freshman year and all that stuff. I would go to like camps, like college recruiting camps type stuff. Not like, I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, the best ever, but I was, I was pretty good. Um, and so, yeah, I was just, I was the only one of my siblings that was, um, athletic. So I kind of, and I I was always a competitive person. So I was just kind of naturally drawn towards that. um, but yeah, I always, uh, I remember kind of the moment that I made the decision to ditch sports that I was officially ready to like, not play sports anymore and do music was like my, uh, so- sophomore year tryouts came around for uh softball. And I, I had, like even gone to like the preconditioning stuff like earlier on and all this, but like I didn't show up to tryouts. Cause I was like, nah, I just I want to, I just want to play guitar now. I don't like softball. The coaches don't like me.
0: Nice. it's just dumb put down the sports and, ball to pick yeah. up the guitar
1: that's how it went and the rest yeah so that, that was the real shift but I, I was playing guitar for like two years maybe three at that point um anyways was so there any
0: um, was there any particular band that like kind of like sparked your interest in playing guitar and getting into like rock music or alternative music
1: I don't know if it was the one to like get me in I don't know why I wanted to play guitar I think I thought it was cool Because um, I, I wanted to play it while I was just Listening to shit that was on the radio Or like you know popular stuff From the past like I don't know 50, popular music Like uh, uh-huh. from the last 50 years or whatever um, But like the first guitar lesson I showed up to my teacher asked me like, well, what do you like? What do you want to learn? And I was like, sitting here like, Holy shit. What do I, what music do I like? Like, what do I even want to learn? Um, but so like, I was like, well, I like green day. So I said green day, I knew enough of like the singles and the hits, but like, so we started learning some of that, but like, I went home and was like, all right, I gotta, I gotta like learn some freaking green day songs. Like I gotta like know who this band is more. And so I just started like listening to all their music and like, I don't know and, and and then then I fell deep into the like hole of listen to for probably like it was definitely a year like I didn't even really know who like Blink-182 was at that time or like you know it was it was just Green Day for like for a while there <laughs> wow. um yeah so I mean- that was that was the band I fell in love with and I still like they're one of the few that like I still actively love that I you know listen to when I was younger.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I feel like Green Day is really, uh, I mean, uh, goes without saying they were influential, but, you know, so many people in our little, okay. like, uh, DIY scene, I think, you know. Definitely. Can point to them. Uh, so when did you start your first band then?
1: So my my first band, um, I was, I was, had I turned, I think I just turned 16 maybe. Or maybe I had it. No, I don't know. I, it was around that time. Um, it was, I actually got asked to be a part of a band. Um, we were called, they were called the villains at the time. Um, it was actually Parker from Dogleg who also plays in Shortly.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, was in that band as well as two other friends, Melanie and uh, Josh that I knew from like School of Rock. And um, they asked me to join the band as like second guitarist. And I was like, well, I write also like write songs too. But it was like, I hadn't written songs that I had shown anyone at that point. But so I joined that band when I was 16, they were all like 15 and 14. So I was, I was the oldest one. Um, But we changed the name to Reptar and Ice after I joined. Um, And... Yeah, that was a band. We were a band or I was in that band for probably a year and a half, mm-hmm. maybe. Sounds about right. Um, And like we we recorded like an EP that I wrote two songs for. And like we started kind of like doing stuff like playing local shows around town. And we're like I, I started to dip my feet into like the whole business side of the industry with that band, like, you know, emailing promoters and getting t-shirts and doing all of this stuff, like, you know, wow. getting our music on, uh, you know, iTunes and shit like that. So that was like my first experience with that, but, uh, ended up leaving the band just because of creative differences. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, that's, that's always the story. And it, it was still a lot of fun and it was a really great first band experience. We, we didn't like tote, we didn't suck, which was kind of cool for a first band.
0: Yeah. Um, sure. Is any <laughs> of
1: that... was, uh, as a group, we did not.
0: Sure. Is any of that music online still or?
1: Yeah, you can find it. Uh, Bandcamp. That's probably it. Because I was bitter after I left the band. Oh, no. um, I, I was the one in charge of like Spotify and like, cause it, Spotify was like a, a budding thing at that time. And, I I took our music off of spot because I had to pay for it. It was like tune course. You had to pay $20. So I like canceled the thing because I'm like, fuck it. I'm not going to pay it anymore. Uh It's no longer anywhere there, but it's definitely on Bandcamp under Reptar on Ice. If Hmm. anyone has any interest in that, which I kind of hope they don't, but (laughs) it's there. I won't won't try to hide it, you know? Uh
0: So um, when did you move to Chicago then? Was that right after high school or? Um well. yeah,
1: it was uh 2 weeks after I graduated. Um technically like, well, it was 2 weeks after school was done. Forget where graduation falls and all that, but I uh um yeah, I had a I had a job opportunity out here to it was actually the insurance agency thing. I was they're like, "Yeah, we can I knew I was going to move to Chicago for school um in the fall, but uh right before school ended, um I I was talking with someone and i got or uh, you know a, a family member a bit of re- removed and they had this job opportunity open up um and yeah so i i was working full-time for the summer so like i subleased moved to chicago subleased an apartment for a couple months before my freshman year of college started and uh yeah I got to just like live in the city and live on my own and figure all that shit out um i was just working full-time at, at that point um Job was nice. I could work full time in the summers and stuff and then uh moved to part time when when school was in session. But yeah, so I moved out pretty quickly after I after I graduated high school. Um and just and never moved back. Uh It was kind of immediately like this place felt like home. I didn't know a ton of people when I moved here, but like throughout that first summer, I just I met so many people and just went to so many shows. And that's just kind of how I I made my place here. It was just like I just showed up places had nothing better to do didn't really know anyone so i just show up to shows
0: that's how you do it yeah but it was cool. um was there a band between retirement party and uh reptar on ice
1: yeah there was uh (laughs) there was the solo project the i'm disenfranchised with playing with people
0: is that john cena or something else
1: No. Well, it was kind of, so it was actually Sunglasses on a Plane, um, was the name of the project. My, like what I started after I left Raptor on Ice. Mm. I I knew I was going to move away for school at this point. So I was like, I don't want to start a band and get other bandmates. But I was like, fuck it. I'm going to just do it myself. But like, I'm going to write a full band EP. So I I wrote like, uh, I think it's four songs. Maybe. Yeah, it's four. Um, four song EP Under Sunglasses on a Plane. Uh, before I, like, while I was still in high school, that was like my senior year and stuff. I did a lot of that stuff for junior and senior year. Um, yeah, so I, I basically just like spent a lot of time writing and figuring out how to play other instruments, didn't record the drums on it, had a friend do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything else was, was written by me. I kind of knew, like, I was like, I want to write music and put it out, but you know, don't want to have to move and then have the band fall apart or have to get new bandmates. So, like, my idea was to transition this solo project into a full band, new band when I got to Chicago. Um, so, Sunglasses on a Plane was actually put um, into, we shortened it. People called me Soap, which, uh, like, that just kind of came to be mm-hmm. from. Sunglass on a plane. So like I was like, fuck it, throw away sunglass on a plane. We changed our name to Soap. And that was retirement party. What would be oh. retirement party? And then we only you- had the name for, for like three months until we got a cease and desist. Yeah, I remember um, that.
0: Yeah.
1: So, so yeah, then it changed to retirement party. Elton John Cena was just like I had recorded um an acoustic, like I long story, but I basically threw like a, a class at my high school called Innovations which was a project-based, like, learning class for, like, seniors, Um, I basically got my school to fund me recording two songs with another student. Like, we went up to um, Saginaw to Nick Diener from the Swellers, his studio, and recorded two acoustic songs with me, like, my songwriting, and then uh, I collaborated with a violinist at our school. Um, And so I got them to, like, pay for – the recording for that. And it was, it was originally put out on a, a, the, what is it? Not safe to drink compilation that was put out um, for Flint and for all of that during 2016. So I I recorded two songs, one came out on that. And then by the time the summer kind of rolled around, I was like, well, I have this other song. And then this one before, like, you know, I want to put these out and I came up with the name Elton John Cena. So I was just like, I'll just, that'll be my solo project now. Now that I'm mm-hmm. switching over, like mm-hmm. this one's going to be full band, Elton John Cena will be solo project. So that's kind of how all that came to be. I just had some songs sitting around and I was like, ah, let's put it out. So yeah, yeah, that's how that, it's all weird. It's there's Yeah. I mean, I
0: was, yeah, I was curious because I, you know, I was going back and listening to everything and I was listening to the Elton John Cena stuff. And uh, you know the all fish go to heaven is like uh, you know m- uh, yeah. very particular you know because it ha- does have the strings. So I was curious uh, uh, how I that how that. Agree with
1: happened. that one. Uh huh. Yep. All fish go to heaven was was the release that you know went up, and it was funny. It was in a snowstorm. We just. It was a, uh, I think it was a day off of school. It was like some ho- Monday holiday, and it was fucking blizzard, and we just drove up to Saginaw. It was really cool though. I'm I'm glad I got to do it, and then like that just jump started Elton John Cena, so that was cool.
0: Yeah, uh, and then I don't know how to start this exactly because I want to like talk about both retirement party and Elton John Cena in the releases, and kind of like get your thoughts on them and uh, like see what was going on for you as they were being recorded and written and whatnot. So I guess um, chronologically, Retirement Party, Strictly Speaking, was first?
1: Um, well, first, uh, All Fish Go to Heaven was technically the first release. Uh. right, right, right. Between the two projects. Uh, but yeah, Strictly Speaking came a couple months after. That was the... F- yeah, was, uh, yeah, I released All Fish in summer of twenty. 20- 16 and then 2017 yeah it was a first day of 2017 was when strictly speaking came out so yeah that and that ep i had written a lot like the summer that i was living in chicago but didn't really i basically wrote that ep um and kind of the way that that one came to be is just like I, I got together with bandmates and we had one practice and we, you know, I had these five songs and we jammed them out. I had like some leads written, but like didn't, you know, hadn't. It, it was still a, a collaborative effort between everyone, but practice went really well. So I was like, I had already booked studio time. I didn't tell anyone. Um but i was like yeah so do you guys want to record these in a month and everyone's like oh okay sure yeah so it was just kind of like that's how it came to be and um yeah strictly speaking came together pretty fast
0: i see and you knew you wanted to do an ep rather than an lp at that time
1: yeah i just hadn't really toyed around with the idea of doing an lp a full length definitely scared me at that point like for me both like the cost of recording it and also writing it i was like i didn't feel ready to write it yet um and to write one because i don't know to me it's a record isn't a collection of songs it's a lot more than that right um it's a, an independent you know single body of work so i was like i had written these songs and i felt that they fit together so i was like cool i'll release them in an lp
0: Mm-hmm. yeah for sure uh was it originally on counterintuitive or did did they like re-release it
1: so counterintuitive actually didn't re-release it uh they we they only put out uh somewhat literate for us um we had we had tapes made through teal day records which was a a label in out of minneapolis um they also like uploaded our our release to spotify and shit like that but did a really terrible job at managing all of that and we've had problems so now we we have all like we own it entirely and like distribute it ourselves Um, um but yeah so that one jake doesn't counterintuitive doesn't have that's that's just us at this point
0: okay yeah it, it, on spotify uh it lists counterintuitive at the bottom
1: we are, we, we distributed ourselves like we get the full i think jake helped us out and like uploaded it for us under i see that So yeah it does say that but
0: got it no uh, people
1: are asking they're like gonna press it on vinyl and all that stuff i'm like
0: Probably never. (laughs) Do you still listen to those songs? I think they hold up pretty well.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, a lot of people still listen to them. I don't really, I definitely kind of grew out of it. Um, We don't really like to play them live anymore. We'll probably bring that back as time goes on and we play longer sets and stuff. But like, yeah, I mean, I I don't think they're bad songs, but it's definitely like I'm writing a lot better stuff. And I personally feel that, the you know, I feel like all artists kind of feel that way.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah,
1: they grew their old and things like that. So, but yeah, people a lot of people still like it. So maybe maybe we will someday, but I don't know.
0: Yeah, I think the only like person I've ever talked to that isn't like that is once again Alex from Dogleg. He's like, uh, yeah, he loves his old songs still, and loves playing them. It's so cool.
1: Awesome. I wish. I wish, and I hope that in the future these songs I'm writing now don't turn into the same thing. You know, we'll see. We'll see.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean I'm the same way. Um I like write a song and record it and then forget about it, you know? It's just like put it yeah, out of my God. mind.
1: Yeah, I've been recently like trying to revisit and keep better track of like how I organize all my old things that I've written and yeah, I'm like compiling some songs from the last like two years that I've written and forgotten about for like a a, a new a new release. The next like solo stuff. So that's fun.
0: Uh did you guys tour for strictly speaking?
1: Yeah, we did uh so the first tour we did, yeah, it came out in J- January 1st and then we went to South by Southwest that year in March. Um that was the first tour we did. We went down there, played in Austin, a couple shows in Austin and then like did like six or seven shows back. Um that was the first tour. It was really fun. Um you know, kind of from the start we did we We never had like a tour where we lost a ton of money. It's like you know there were definitely times we reinvested more of our personal money and stuff, but we never had like a really really bad tour in that sense. Um, So yeah, the first one was nice. Um, That we played with Dogleg in Ann Arbor on that first tour,
0: and then oh yeah, I think I played that too.
1: Oh my god, that was at uh, at the what name do what do they call it now? Uh, Metal Frat? Is it still that? yeah. Uh Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was such a fun show
0: yeah i yeah i almost was, forgot about that i think that was
1: it was like, for sure
0: yeah i think that was my first show with that uh, with comps uh my band before um uh, yeah interesting <laughs> yeah.
1: um cool uh
0: so mm-hmm. between um strictly speaking and somewhat literally you did uh Alan John Cena, all wombats go to heaven. Is that right?
1: Uh, yeah, I think when it comes, yeah, with the recording, I, I recorded that and did all that beforehand, um, but or before we recorded, somewhat literate. I think I don't know. It all it, it definitely uh, blurs a lot for me. But yeah, that release came out in between. I basically I spent one. I had all these songs that I I knew for that release that I wanted to write songs on an acoustic guitar and have a little like Casio tone keyboard. Um, mm. It so, sounds like i knew that's how i wanted to do all these songs so i i yeah i just kind of kind of wrote that and then went to seth engel um from options who is an engineer and owns uh palette sounds studio here in chicago um he recorded uh strictly speaking as well but so i went to him for all wombats and we just i was like all right i have the money for one day and it's acoustic guitar my voice in this dumb keyboard so like let's just let's do it. And we just knocked it all out in a day. Um, yeah. It was really fun. I liked that release. I liked uh, being able to continue the, uh, like writing solo stuff while I was still in a band. Like that's something I've always, that's uh, important to me is continuing to just write all the time.
0: Yeah. Cause so I was curious what like the distinction is in your mind between an Ellen John song and a, a retirement party song.
1: Yeah. It's a, uh, it's not always clear to me. Uh, it kind of just ends up coming that way. Sometimes there's very few songs, but there's been one or two that like like I'll show to the band and the band doesn't really take to it very much, or it doesn't sound right with all of us. So it's like, I do solo stuff, but mostly that just like, the distinction comes beforehand. Like I'll be writing and I'll be like, this feels like an Alan John Cena song or this one feels like a retirement party song. Um, but there's definitely been some like, um, some like overlap, some questioning. It's like, well, which one does this go to? But, uh, yeah, at this point, like, especially because the last Elton John Cena release was a full band sound. That was especially different. Right. But yeah, yeah. with those, it was, like, I wrote those songs that I knew that I wanted to like write the other instruments for it. Um, so I don't know, I guess that's how it kind of has come to be. I think in the future, my solo stuff and retirement pretty stuff will have a little bit more distinction to it um just cuz i feel like that's how i'm writing and i kind of know the direction that i'm trying to go with this new stuff but um yeah we'll see there's not there's not really a ton of difference but it's still me writing the songs like yeah and i guess
0: it's, i guess the main thing is just like the retirement party crew isn't on the elton john songs right
1: um, well they're they're not except for james did dr- our drummer was also the drummer for all rats go to heaven oh, okay. um which was and out. so i did i did recruit him to do drums on that um just because i i can't play drums uh-huh. but um yeah so that's it it's still it's a little it's all the same uh songs just it allows me to put out more and do a little bit more with it rather than I don't know, having a, a more lower stakes project is kind of nice as well.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah, I, I definitely get it. Because whenever I've been in a band, it's like I'm doing all this. There's, you know, there's too many songs. There's like a surplus of songs. And you can, you know, working with a band is hard, you know, and it takes a lot of time and like a lot of planning. And uh, you can't do all the things you want to do sometimes. So you got to do it um, through a different avenue. Um Uh, is there a reason you didn't stay with like the, like Casio keyboard bedroom poppy type of sound of Wombats?
1: I mean, I, I liked it and it might be something that I do a little bit more of in the future, but I'm, I, I don't, I didn't want to pigeonhole myself into that necessarily. Like I wanted, it's kind of Ellen John Cena had always just been the project that's like, well, what am I feeling now? What do I want to do with it? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I I could have stuck with that, but I was like, ah, I want to try writing like some full band stuff that I can write lead guitar to. Cause I was like, I was like, I wanted to get more practice writing lead guitar because last time I did that was, you know, in high school for my, you know, the sunglass on a plane EP and I was like, I feel like that's something I want to get better at or have another experience with. So it was kind of, that's how the full band came to be for that EP and, um, Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Um, I I don't have a lot of a lot of rhyme or reason to the things that I do for for Elton John, Cena, and that's kind of. I'm still deciding on the sound. Like I've got you know a bunch of these songs here, and I'm like, well, do I go acoustic? Do I try to like do like full band, but you know a, a more textural full band type thing? Like I'm definitely toying with a lot of these songs that I have now, and just like. I am going to write them in a couple different ways and record like demos of them in different, like, um, kind of through, uh, you know, different lenses and see what works for it. And I don't know, it's, it's a bit of an adventure. It's kind of fun to figure all that out.
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, why not? I mean, that's, uh, the best part of having a solo thing is in a low pressure solo thing is just, you know, doing whatever you feel like doing. Do you feel sort of like, um, pigeonholed with retirement parties sometimes or not No, because you have decide side thing
1: yeah, definitely starting to not like i i don't feel that i've ever i've ever felt like pigeonholed in that way i know what retirement party sounds like i know how my bandmates like how they write music and how they play music and so that definitely like uh gives it some specifics to what i know works for it but we've also like been writing things that are outside of our normal sound and like putting out free will, which was the single we put out this summer for, uh, in support of the yellow hammer fund. Um, Mm. you know, that that's an acoustic song and Mm -hmm. it's one of my favorite party ones. Um, but it was definitely like outside of our comfort zone and we had to like rethink it when we, we played it live on this last tour um, and we had to like kind of reimagine the song a little bit to figure out like our live version, but that was a really fun thing to do. Cause it's still like, it's, it's slower and it's like, it's, it's definitely not like our other songs. And so keeping, you know, we've been big about like keeping all of the doors open to different sounds so we don't get stuck writing the same song over and over again. Uh-huh. Um, so that's like something we're all conscious about and like is important to us. And this, this next record also, I feel like you know, it's definitely got like the pop punk retirement party sound and all of that stuff. But it also like, definitely um, goes into ventures into some new territory. Um, with just like, I think the songwriting, I think some songs are a little softer, there's more, just more dynamics to it in general. And so, yeah, I, I don't know, I think we're we're always like, kind of growing and ready to experiment as a band, like that's something that's all important. that's important to all of us. So it, it feels good, like we can we can experiment a little bit more.
0: Yeah, for sure. And now the question I had: is if you ever saw yourself like writing entirely outside of like the pop punk thing, like, or even like going full electronic or something. Like, is that anything you could ever see yourself doing for fun?
1: I don't know. I definitely like don't want to. You know, I I've thought about as time goes on and as I write more and like, um, I I definitely am like into the idea of writing music that I would never play writing mm-hmm. melodies and songs that I would never be able to, or like would play, like write for other people in general. Mm-hmm. Um but Then I, I also like, even for myself, like I look at artists, like, like it's not exactly what you're saying, but like, you know, one of my favorite records ever is Blanco by David Bazan, mm-hmm. Um which is one of the albums. That's just like um, the, the way that I don't, I don't even know what, it, what he's like, playing on it like it's it's a bunch of bleeps and bloops and I really like that and that's I've never written anything like that or done like and I'm like oh there's just so much that I could do out here outside of a guitar and outside of pop punk music and stuff like that so I definitely um, want to you know explore all of that more and do more of that but that's you know going to come with time and as I grow as a musician like I just know I'm not not going to be stuck in writing pop punk or emo adjacent music forever.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um so I I don't know, whenever I try to write a song not on guitar, it never comes out entirely how I want it and I don't know if that's just because I'm so used to like playing like writing on guitar or just I don't know. It's weird.
1: No, that's I. I definitely feel like that too. Like I'm like trying to to. That's currently something I'm working on. Like trying to break is is just like okay, we write on other things. Like get better at piano so you can write on piano. Or like try writing a breaking song on bass. I don't know. Like do some stuff to try to change up the process. See what comes out of it. Guitar is definitely my tool, writing tool. But uh, yeah, I think it, I think it comes with comfort. I think it just comes with like you know, that's what I have always written music on. And it's even like, I almost always write music on my acoustic guitar too. Like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: effects, you know, no, no pedals are, are in the question really. And it's just like kind of solely the chords that I'm playing or the, and the, you know, the melody that I'm singing.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: Um, get that broken down to that with me, like that basic s- structure every time. So it's like, let's try to break out of that, but it's definitely, uh, where I'm most comfortable writing.
0: Yeah. How do you like start writing a song? If you were going to sit I, down I, like I, right now and write song, how would, it, how would it happen?
1: Yeah. I, I would just have to, I, I probably would not have anything, any ideas in my head. I would just have to pick up my guitar and start playing some chords. And like, that's, that's entirely how it all starts is I just have to pick up my guitar and fuck around a little bit. And then I just like oh, I like how these two chords sound together or this chord progression. And then it's like, cool, well, let's start writing a melody over it. And it's like kind of a, as I go, like the song just kind of figures itself out as I, as I'm playing it. Um, You know, I never, I very rarely write a chorus before I write a verse. Um, And I just kind of, I do it in a very, the the song just definitely gets sculpted uh, along the way. And I'll tend to write everything in one sitting always, but, like, definitely comes out in that kind of way and and format.
0: Yeah, that's relatable for me, totally. Um, So let's talk about uh, somewhat literate then. Um, What was going on for you in your life when that came out, and uh, where was it recorded? and um.
1: We ended up recording that uh, here in Chicago with our friend Adrian Cobzar at his studio Wall of Sound. We're actually one of the first bands I think to get into that studio. It's in Humboldt Park. Um, but our old guitarist Nick knew um, knew Adrian from like going to recording school together. Uh, so yeah, he recorded somewhat literate for us. It was it was an interesting process. Um, I was like taking classes and in in college like while we were recording it i was like a full time student and shit so it was a weird like in and out of the studio like over a period of like a month or so um of yeah so like doing like we we did a couple full days at the start and then it turned into a bunch of like kind of half day recording stuff when we can um but it was it was kind of it was nice because we recorded in like in a setting where it was like, we didn't have the restraints of time. Wasn't like here, every second you're in here, you're paying for it. It's like, well, we're going to do a flat rate. So then like we, this can take as long as we need it to. Um, So we definitely like put a lot of time into, uh, into that. And it it, it was cool. We, we tried out a bunch of different things. I'm not uh, my, the recording process isn't my favorite Mm -hmm. when it comes to, Uh, the things you do when you make music, I just don't think I have much of an ear for it. And like, uh, I haven't had great times in the past, but it was really fun recording that. And I'm really proud of like what came out of it. Um, I was still, when it came out, was I a sophomore? Yeah, no junior June. Oh my God. No. Yeah. I was a sophomore. I, uh, spring of my sophomore year. So I was almost a junior. Um, but yeah, so we released it while I was in school and stuff. And I just spent the whole, um, like semester kind of like, you know, it was the first time that we had, you know, hired a publicist for anything and that we were putting it out under a label and doing all this stuff. So I spent like that semester, like, you know, prepping for the release and everything. It was a lot of fun. Um, and then, yeah, the record came out in May and I finished up the semester and we went on, I was at this time was also booking a full U S tour for the band um you know good good old diy style and so nice. we then went on a three no 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 nope that was a full us so it six week tour wow uh, that summer in support of it and it was it was a fucking awesome tour like you know diy is sometimes very unpredictable and you don't you have you don't know what you're gonna make you don't know what you're gonna sell in merch at all like you it's kind of just up in the air but we had a really great time met a lot of great people played some awesome shows and like it was a great experience. It was, uh, it was like, oh, cool, yeah. This is this is something that we can kind of do, you know? Yeah, this is
0: what's supposed to be. To you know?
1: we're yeah,
0: were you like already linked up with Counterintuitive before you started recording, or did you like finish it up, or get close to finish, and send them demos, or like what was the process we were,
1: there? Yeah, we recorded it and then sent them the uh, like the the masters when it came time. Like we we knew Counterintuitive beforehand uh cuz we had we had met Jake from our our summer tour yeah the summer before we recorded we did a three week like eastern half of the US tour and we had a band from New Jersey called Toy Cars on for like 5 days mm-hmm. um and at the time Jake was managing them they put out a, a release through counterintuitive but um Jake came on the run for those 5 days and that's where we met him basically um and and we knew he had like interest in the release um so when we recorded it and showed him and stuff like that was kind of we knew that was an option we knew kind of what was up with all that but yeah so we showed it to him before uh when it was when it was all done though and recorded
0: Uh uh-huh uh yeah how were you excited to i mean i guess of course you were excited to um be working with them were were you like uh, did did you ever see yourself working with a label like that when you were younger did you have like any sort of aspirations to work with like a big label or um
1: yeah I I definitely had like aspirations of that but for me it was never like I didn't do a ton of like dreaming of big stuff it was just kind of I was always a little you know more realistic about it where it was like oh it'd be cool to work with a label on things like a label that's gonna you know give you funding or actually push your like you know release and things like that but you know it was always it was still a dream for the most part for me where i'm like you know this would be cool to have but probably not gonna have that i'm probably never gonna be able to do this stuff like i i you know so it, it was really cool when we were able to do that with counterintuitive and you know it it was uh they were they were still smaller at that time. They had, you know, put out best buds still and were doing well with Prince Daddy and Mom jeans. Mm-hmm. But uh you know, we, we did sign to them again for this record. Oh
0: okay.
1: Uh, it, it feels like there has been both a lot of growth with our band as well as his label. Yeah, um, for sure. So so it feels it feels really cool to be able to grow with a label like that and and yeah, I still feel very lucky to have that kind of support uh for this. For the music that I put out, it's it I do feel very lucky. Never gonna take that that stuff for
0: granted. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um so I guess after that it is uh all rats go to heaven, is that right?
1: Uh yes. Yes. All rats go to heaven is next. What
0: was what was up with that? What was the process there? And I noticed it was put out by Lauren Records.
1: Yep. Lauren Records put it out. Um yeah. I just kind of like it, the the way that I write and write music, like it is kind of normally one release at a time. So we were in a lull from after writing somewhat literate uh-huh. and uh, cool, like time to do some of my, some stuff on my own. And so yeah, wrote, wrote all of those songs and, um, spent quite a bit of time. Like I rewrote all the leads at one point and the bass parts at one point, there was a lot of like going back with those songs and rewriting them and, um it was recorded at two different times i recorded with matthew frank um from from there 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 and recreational drugs lifted bells um that's really cool uh it it had a lot of fun recording it we did record it like we did the drums and like the rhythm guitar and shit and then like retirement party went on tour so it was like three months down the road that we finished up and like did leads and stuff. And within that time, like I rewrote all the lead guitars and did all this stuff, but it, it was a big trial, um, you know, trial by error type, type project. And, um, it was definitely tougher for me cause I wasn't used to writing everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it was a lot of fun. And then I, I had met, Um, Aaron from Lauren records, how did I meet Aaron? I don't really know. Aaron just kind of popped up in my life at some point and we became like friends and, um, you know, he really likes the music that I make and that, you know, with both retirement party and, and Nelton John Cena stuff. And so, um, I asked him when it, when the time came around, I was like, Hey, would you want to maybe put this out? And he was like, yeah, sure. Would love to. And so it was, it was cool. Um, That's
0: awesome. Yeah, I feel like you can kind of hear yeah. the uh, growth in the songwriting on that particular release. Uh, do you still like listen to those songs?
1: I still really like those songs. Um, it's it's a lot of fun for me. I, I, I like those ones, and I like playing them live because Elton John Cena doesn't play live often, um, especially full band. We've only had two full band shows at this point, and then we're going on a, a weekend run with the Sonderbombs uh, later in March. That will be, you know, will more than double the amount of times that we've played as a full band, which will wow. be cool. But uh, I, I get to play like the solo. I love writing dumb bluesy solos and I got to do that on that release. And uh-huh. So I get to play them live and it's really fun for me. Um, yeah, so I, I really like those songs. I still still do. Um, I, I hope for a while I do, but. Yeah, I we'll, guess it wasn't we'll
0: released see. that long ago. Only coming up on a year.
1: Mm-hmm. i do like to to try to release at least one a of fi- like officially release a body of music or at least a song a year you know
0: yeah for totally. a project
1: i, kinda, I definitely want to keep that trend up of at least releasing one thing a year
0: yeah i get so antsy like i don't know my my last yeah. my last record like you know it was only released uh uh how long four months ago. Jeez. And it feels like so much longer, you yeah.
1: know? Oh, I know. Yeah. I get antsy as it's well. It's like, where's
0: the new thing? I need to do the new thing now, you know? Exactly. And speaking of new things, what's the next thing for you?
1: Retirement Party's putting out a record, uh, in May, our second LP. So that's really exciting. I've, I'm looking forward to that a lot. Uh, we got to play, a lot of new songs on this tour that we just finished up and it felt really good. And we're starting to get like feedback from people on songs. And so, um, that's very exciting. And prepping for, for this release is taking up a lot of my time, but like, it's all starting to come together. So really excited for that. Um, and yeah, and I'm also, I'm just writing and compiling things like arranging things for my next solo release. Um, it's probably not going to be under the name Elton John Cena. I think we're oh. gonna move away from that. Um and just go Avery Springer because uh I uh had the the insane privilege of having uh Stereo Gum write about uh was it beer? I think it was beer pong off of All Rats Go to Heaven. And it was crazy. There were a hundred comments on Stereogum's website, like attached to this article and every single one of them was about the name
0: oh god um were they all negative were they just pointing now
1: no no no. this is the dumbest thing i've ever like whatever like some people criticized it but a lot of people were just commenting their own before and after celebrity names i see um and so i was just like you know what like i i picked this name because i thought it would get people to notice me and it did and it was cool it was a funny thing and like you know People definitely would, like, come to shows and they'd be like, Ellen Johnson, that's so funny, that's cool, whatever. It got people to listen to the music to some extent, but now I'm like, all right, now it's, like, overshadowing the music. So it's kind of time to probably throw that away. And
0: Yeah, I feel that. And just
1: uh, establish myself as a, as, a, as a human, a solo
0: artist. So, yeah, and especially yeah. now you do have, like, an audience that will, like, you know, pay attention without the silly I, name, so...
1: Yeah, that's kind of where I was at, too, with all of it is like at, you know, the time that I picked the name, I was like, no, well, no one's interested by seeing Avery Springer on a bill. Right. Like, you know, I, I, I felt that personal way about solo artists who use their name. I was like, unless you're the top dog, like, I feel like that wasn't the move. Like, that's at least what my thoughts were on it. But now as I'm like trying to establish my identity as a musician, as a songwriter, especially um, it's like you know what? Maybe using my name is is uh is the the way to go. So,
0: yeah, totally. Uh, how many songs are on the new retirement party album? And what's it There's called? Ten songs.
1: I can say it. It's it's called Runaway Dog.
0: Okay, for you know um, this this will come out. This episode will surely come out after your record oh. is oh. out. So, well, maybe. Did yes. you say May?
1: May May fifteenth, but like single gets it gets announced on uh, April fifteenth. So
0: okay, yeah, this will definitely be out after April fifteenth. I think well, yeah,
1: that's, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's called Runaway Dog. Um, there is the the first track of the album is is also called Runaway Dog, so it's named after that.
0: Was there um, like what's what was the intention behind that? Like, what's the uh, is there any type of like artistic motive there?
1: yeah i mean um so the runaway dog like the song itself is about kind of the relationship with falling out of love and losing passion and enjoyment in something that you once did love it's kind of through the lens of like pursuing art and pursuing music and things like that and falling in and out of love with it Mm. um but so that kind of theme itself um the the record itself like focuses a lot on loss whether it's loss of like like actual like you know a friend or family member passing away or like losing someone in the sense of like a you know having a friendship gone or or you know losing just passion for the things that you love and like it's it's just focuses kind of across the board about losing things that you loved at some at one point or you know you still do and so i was like you know it it works that song kind of embodies, uh, that theme, like probably the best. And it's also, it's one of like the most powerful, like strong tracks on the record. Um, and I was like, yeah, like this, I feel like this just fits for, for everything. I, the, you know, I, it, I take, I, I take a lot of pride in, in curating these things and curating a record. So I feel like that, that name fit that.
0: Yeah, and that's interesting that you say it's about loss uh, because I feel like you know a lot of your old stuff is either your previous release stuff is either about loss or like potential loss, you know. Yeah, and so I feel like yeah, it, it's interesting to go from like the to, like the anxiety of it to like oh, it's actually happening.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, it sounds
0: like you're describing. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It's a lot about like the acceptance of that kind of thing and how you move forward, how your mindset changes after, you know, uh, there's a couple songs just about like the awareness that you gain in your new perspective when like you lose someone close to you and how you think differently about the world and everyone else around you. So yeah, it's a lot of that stuff. Um, it's it's very reflective, but it's it's kind of rather than worrying about like all of that stuff. It's like it's it's about dealing with it and accepting all of it.
0: Um that's pretty cool. I'm excited to hear it thank you, and, thank you. yeah
1: i'll I'll send you, a, I'll send you a, that private soundcloud link
0: yeah please do. I'd love to listen yeah. Hell yeah um is it it's gonna is it gonna sound like free will the single or is it like uh what's the um, sound no, of it
1: no, not exactly. there's like some songs that are softer there's nothing that's acoustic well okay, there's one song that's acoustic. it's the last track but um or that has acoustic guitar in it. Um, but it's like some of it, I would say about half of it definitely embodies some of that vibe. Um, and then, you know, it's still, still upbeat. And I feel like some of like the most, aggr- like the most aggressive song we've written is on this record, but also like the softest. And I don't know, it, there's a l- lot more variety on this one than the last record.
0: Cool. Well, it sounds great. It um, Thank you. It sounds uh, like you guys are really uh, coming into your own in a way and like. Uh, really maturing I think and uh, I think a lot of people will be as excited as I am to hear it
1: yeah um, thank you so much
0: I just have a couple like miscellaneous kind of life questions uh, like uh, have you been listening what kind of music have you been listening to Um,
1: what have I been listening to a lot lately well getting off of tour is weird because like you just listen to so much on tour we try not to repeat a ton of albums um I've been like I always listen. My top two favorite artists are the Sidekicks and David Bazan. Um so they've they've been like my favorites for for a couple of years now. Um so those two are always solid. I'll you know, this especially this time of year I listen to a lot of Pedro the Lion. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, it's just that's very winter winter music. So been listening to a lot of that stuff. What else have I been listening to?
0: I've been getting There's into some much. adult contemporary myself.
1: You have, yeah.
0: A little like bit. Like what? Um, well, I like to just kind of like skim through Spotify sometimes. Like if I'll go to like an artist page and go down to like, you know, people, fans of this artist also listen to this artist. And, like just like find the most like random stuff and kind of like skim through their top songs. Um, so I've been listening to uh, Holly Brook. Also known as Skylar Gray.
1: Okay, I've fact, heard that name. Skylar
0: Gray, I guess, like has done a lot of like super mainstream, like Marvel movie type soundtrack type songs, you know? Cool. But when cool. she was called Holly Brook, uh she like released an album when she was like sixteen and it's like way more kind of low key. And some of the songs are like so good, but also not cool at all. So um Yeah, yeah. I don't That's know. That's it
1: hell yeah oh i realized too as you were talking an artist who uh andy Shaw put out a new record that i really like and he's he's definitely one of my favorites right now Here i think he's it? a fantastic songwriter and storyteller he just has a really like cool voice
0: andy, andy Shaw. Shaw. i see so good nice do you play any video games what kind of stuff do you guys do on tour
1: Um, we, what do we do? We watch, we watch a lot of Criminal Minds. Oh, nice. That's what our our bedtime ritual has been on this last tour was, yeah, setting up our sleep stuff in whatever living room we're at and like popping open the laptop or putting Criminal Minds on the TV and falling asleep to that.
0: That's sick. Um, I love true crime.
1: Yeah. What else do we do on the road? We, I don't know. Um, yeah, we don't really play video games. Uh, I like Mario Kart. That shit's fun. We, we played that on a live stream this last tour in Pittsburgh. Um, and I, I won. I beat everyone. So that was cool. But, yeah, don't do a ton of that. When we're on the road, it's it's a lot of time. At this point, with the tours we're doing, it's it's a lot of uh, you drive to where you need to be. And then you just hang at the venue kind of all day and chill, read, and walk around or yeah. do your responsibilities. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's hard. It's hard to, like, settle on tour. It's, like, uh, hard to just sit down and focus on something simple. Um, Okay, well, that's about it, I think. Uh, I really appreciate you talking to me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me.